Welcome to The Table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Hello, good morning. My name is Renee Anderson, and welcome to the Kingstown Communion Daily Lenten Devotional for 2022. Uh, Before we get started, I did want to mention that all of these devotionals are also in podcast format. So if you're like me and you do much better when you're just listening to someone speak rather than seeing them on a screen, I would highly suggest you check it out. So one way to do that is to go to the church's website and go to the tab that says online worship and then scroll down to where it says podcasts and you'll be able to listen to all of the devotionals and the sermons as well. So just wanted to put that out there. Now, Let's take a deep breath to ease our mind and our body and our spirit into the presence of God. Okay. Today's devotional comes from the chapter Loving What Is in the, uh, from the book Good Enough, 40-ish Devotionals for a Life of Imperfection, written by Kate Bowler. And the scripture associated with this devotional comes from Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Here it is. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This scripture can bring such comfort, but I'm going to be honest with you and keep it real right now. <laughs> In this very moment, I am struggling with anxiety and depression and parenting challenges and an unexpected administrative burden. My depression brain is saying, it's too late to improve your parenting and have a close bond with your kid. And my anxiety brain is saying, isn't focusing on the positive negligent? <laughs> Today's devotional explores the relationships we have with our past, present, and future. And there are a couple of questions about these relationships that Kate poses to us. First, are you someone who loves to live in the past, the present, or the future? Why? So this is what I'm gonna say. Some may enjoy living in the past because it is filled with beautiful and happy memories. Others may live in the future, daydreaming about the positive successes and experiences they desire. But for me, I'm presently consumed with placing myself in an imagined future that fills me with anxiety. Kate then asks, which one, the past, the present, or the future, is the hardest for you to live into and why? For me, it's very difficult to stay in the present moment and acknowledge what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy right here, right now. And in this present moment, I'm not being very gentle with myself or with those I love. So instead of asking a third question, Kate makes an observation and a suggestion. She remarks that in Philippians 4, 4 through 9, which I just read, Paul connects gentleness with two practices, handing over worries to God and loving what is good in the here and now. But it's hard to notice the good things when we are trying to problem solve, she says, then continues with, grab some sticky notes or scraps of paper and give each of your worries a name. Place them in a basket into God's hands. Wow. When Kate said, it's hard to notice the good things when we are trying to problem solve, I felt a sense of grace just wash over me. And when she mentioned grabbing some scraps of paper, writing my worries on them, and then placing them in a basket and into God's hands, the thought of gratitude came to my mind. That gratitude is a spiritual practice I need to cultivate. That gratitude is the ability to acknowledge and love what is good in the here and now. So as an added bonus to today's devotional, I want to share some passages from a book that has had a large impact in my life and I need to come back to. 
And that book is Spiritual Practices for the Brain by Ann Kurtz Kernian. And the following passages come from the Living with Gratitude chapter. Why isn't gratitude second nature to all of us? One reason is that our ancestors' brains developed to survive. Their brains were, and now ours are, exceedingly good at finding and holding on to any information that could spell trouble. The practice of gratefulness can help thwart this tendency. Robert Emmons is a psychology professor at University of California, Davis, and a leading expert on the science of gratitude. He defines gratitude as having two main features. First, it's an affirmation of goodness. Recognizing that although we have difficulties, gratitude reveals the abundance of goodness right in front of us. Second, we recognize that this goodness with blessings both big, I landed a wonderful new job, and small, the dinner last night was delicious, has been given to us without our earning it. The key to fostering an attitude of gratitude is to practice it regularly. And then Anne uh, goes on to list several research-based activities and how to effectively engage in them to maximize their benefits. But I'll just briefly list these activities. They are keeping a gratitude journal. As she says, don't overdo it. Actually, you get more out of it if you just jot in it once or twice a week than rather trying to do it on a daily basis. Second, seeking out prayers of gratitude. And she mentions that there are a few in Psalms um, 23, Psalms 23, 34, 103, 118, and 136. Focusing on your senses, such as taste, sight, touch, smell, and hearing. Setting up visual reminders around you, which could be, for example, posting quotes telling others thank you, and creating a gratitude jar where you slip in pieces of paper where you've written down what you're thankful for. The more we practice gratitude, the more our brains will scan for the positive. We actually strengthen the neural pathways of, our grat of gratitude in our brains. Research shows that we'll train our prefrontal cortex, the area of our brain behind the forehead that controls decision-making, goal-setting, and judgment to hold on to these positive experiences and deflect the negative ones. In addition, gratitude floods our brain with the chemical dopamine, a feel-good hormone, helps keep negative emotions such as envy, resentment, and regret at bay inhibits the tendency to compare ourselves to others and will thwart perfectionism, helps us become resistant to stressors, lessens our anxiety, improves emotional regulation, builds a higher sense of worth, makes you more likely to exercise, improve the quality of your sleep, increase your emotional well-being, makes your heart stronger and healthier makes you a more effective leader. You might wonder what prevents us from being grateful. The number one, number one cause is time scarcity. So it's important to be aware of constantly being too busy. 
It will thwart your desire to practice an attitude of gratitude. And the chapter um, of that book also says, you know, each of us gets knocked around by life now and again. So it's helpful to remember that practicing gratitude can help us cope while also supporting our physical, mental, and spiritual health. So back to the Good Enough book, and I'm going to end with a blessing from that for today. Blessing, blessed are you who are attempting to love what is here, what is now. You who recognize the wonder and pain looking at life's rear view mirror at those things that are gone. And blessed are you turning your gaze from imagined futures that seem to call out with an unnecessary pressure and an urgency that wants to rob you of what joy currently exists. And oh, how blessed are you drawing a tidy boundary around today and calling it home. For yesterday is a memory, tomorrow a mirage. <clears throat> blessed are you opening your eyes to all that is here. Let its beauty seep into your pores and whisper words of peace. Receive and welcome reality in its completeness, giving over to God all that is beyond your power to change or understand or return to once again. And in the meantime, embracing and loving the life you have, the family you have, the pleasures that are yours right now. Let us pray. God, I am bringing all these worries to you, for they are too big for me to solve right now. And I am turning my eyes to all that is good, gazing on each one, knowing that they all come from you, the true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy, and excellent things. Thank you, God. Amen.